Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. My man. Come on. Two and a half million people that were on Broadway cheering for us and celebrating along with us. That's something that was one of the most exhilarating moments in my, my life, in my career. Gary Gentry, Gary Friedman, Nolan Ryan, Chris Benson, Phil Negro, Charlie Hubbard, Peterson joined us. Make it happen! Hello everybody and uh, good afternoon, good evening. It's the Cult of Mets Personalities podcast. Um, we haven't been with you guys in quite a while, but it's nice to nice to be back and unfortunately not quite that nice to be a baseball fan um, in New York if you're a fan of a National League team because cause we, um, we have a little problem here. This uh, Mets team sucks, <laughs> to be very blunt, and the uh, team itself is not as much of an issue to me as the uh, ownership and the management and everything else, so we're going to Break through that just a bit. Um, I have uh, my distinguished colleague, uh, Gene Anthony, with me, and uh, Mr. Dave Singer trying, trying to call in and having a little problem, but he's going to be joining us hopefully very, very soon. Uh, Gene, what's uh, what's cooking, buddy? How's everything? How's everything? Well, if you're not a baseball fan, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel the same way. This is uh this this is worse than the Willie Randolph days for me. Uh, elaborate. Um what what to you is the, the main difference here? Just the just the inability to kinda of, you're never gonna see a start like that, you know, first ten, twelve games and then all of a sudden just the wheels come off and I mean I hate to use the word jinx or hexed or but this this is this is horrible. This, what what we see is horrible, you know, the old hand, foot, and mouth disease, uh, <laughs> getting Todd Frazier, who's never on the stable list, and he's mm. now he's out forever, and Cespedes decides mm. to let us know he's got two bad heels, um, <laughs> and we still signed him. So, yeah, it, it's 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 horrible from top to bottom. <sighs> well, I mean, it's weird. We've um, We've gone through similar stuff. I mean, in a bubble, each each thing. You know, we've had weird injuries and weird everything, but um, the collection of things that are happening now and the idea that they're having problems even concealing some of the the ineptitude, I mean, to me, is feeling very hopeless, you know. And uh, obviously, I think one of the reasons why we um, – I mean, I know I can only speak for myself, but one of the reasons why I kind of really wanted to podcast tonight with you guys is because – we're headed toward the trade deadline, and I don't know about you, and um, um, obviously Dave is is with us right now as well. Like I don't know about either one of you, but um, I I have this this sense of doom um, <laughs> on the horizon. I got the air smells like the carcass of Scott Casimir, and um, I uh, I kind of wanted to have the dialogue and start putting things out there beforehand because I have this this feeling like there's something something. 
really stupid is about to happen. Um, Dave, hey, how are you? Hey, what's up, fellas? A little technical difficulty, but I'm on. How are you? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, how do you feel? Uh, about the mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in general, but yeah, that 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 could be one one place to start. You know, it's just this season is just kind of a lost season. So, but uh, mm-hmm. the the sheer magnitude of the idiocy we've encountered, whether it's hand, foot, and mouth disease, you know, cesspitus with Donald Trumpian type heel spurs, just random people going down at different times and the front office's inability to kind of right the ship has been a disappointment. But uh, at this point, I'm just, you know, kind of in the wait and see mode to see what happens. I mean, do you feel, when you say wait and see, I mean, get, get into that a little bit deeper. Like, are you just wanting to see how it plays out to see how you're going to kind of engage with the team in the future? Do you, are you rooting for anything specific? I mean, kind of what is, what does wait and see mean? Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a Mets fan for life. You know, at this point at, mm-hmm. at, at my age, I'm not changing teams, you know, uh, right. but I'm, I'm more in the near term, you know, we're hearing Zach Wheeler might be moved, which Ugh. I personally would be for, uh, okay. but they, you know, moving a guy like, you know, Astrupal, um, is probably going to mm-hmm. happen, and a good thing. I think we'll hold on to Batista. You know, he's cheap and he's producing, um, and then we'll see. You know, who else goes? You know, there, there's mm-hmm. it's a weird market Ugh. this year because there's tons of teams looking to dump really good players. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of got crapped okay. on a little bit for the return we got for Familia, but I'm not all that disappointed with it. You know, to be honest with you. But yeah, that's what I'm waiting on. What, what the next week's going to bring? Well, um, let, let's let's start here. Um, cause I mean, I, I mean, I'll just bring up sort of what, um, what's been bothering me, um, this concept of, of it being a necessity to sell off pieces. Okay. I get the free agents that are coming. That, that makes sense to me. Um, but you know, people, obviously the media is trying to generate a little, little craziness talking about DeGrom and Thor and everything, but just, you know, we settle on like a wheeler as an example. And to me, um, like amidst the media frenzy and the fact that baseball is something where, you know, teams just sort of copy each other, regardless of whether something makes any sense whatsoever. I mean, the idea of like the, the shift and nobody bunts because no one else does like the, that concept to me is making me concerned. We're going to lose Wheeler because, and have the team sort of not even know why they dealt him. And so there's, there's a couple things I want to get into, but this is, this is the first one, the idea of, okay, so you're going to trade conceptually. You have an asset that has uh, that's controllable young finally supposedly you know seems like he sort of stabilized himself so we waited all this time right and you have four starters that are um seemingly uh have figured it out a couple maybe more than others but for the most part we're we finally got that rotation okay they're stable and they're all still cheap and they're all still here for a couple of years so the concept of just trading the cards in because that's what you just do to get more cards to me, the concept of winning is not part of this. So, like, so for instance, if you think of it, you know, we, you know, we're, I've heard this phrase over and over: the idea of getting younger and more athletic. You know, completely ignoring that the main injuries that we've had that have hurt the team have been to young athletic players. <laughs> so it's it's not necessarily there's no not necessarily a correlation there completely. And, and as far as you're talking about, let's say somebody would talk about the players not performing up to their capabilities. Well, that's, you know, Harvey, 
um, although we also got hurt. You know, we can go on and on. There, there are a lot of young players that haven't played up to capabilities. So there's really no given. So we, you know, if you really look at it, we kind of got a good haul for the last rebuild, and we're there. We're just not finishing the team. This past offseason, Philadelphia got the best hitter and pitcher for God knows what reason, and we yeah. were sold Jason Vargas as a, as a starter. We, got, we didn't get Moustakas. We get Todd Frazier, who should be a bench player. I mean, stuff like that. We got Gonzalez, and look who Philly got. And so with that in mind, first of all, you know, there's, no, there's no GM in place, and it's already been put out there that this trio will not be the GM. So we're getting rid of an asset, theoretically, when there's no plan. So how do you know what pieces we even flip and need? And you're going to trade Wheeler for what? And then, but still we're going to retain the other pitcher. So we're kind of banking on a strength, but we're going to weaken it and with no, no concept going forward. And then Cespedes gets hurt, which I'll get into more later, but he gets hurt. You have half that contract insured. Um, Jeff Wilpon already talked about how every year rights insurance doesn't get spent because he puts it in escrow just in case. So you'd think after the year's done, you had that money available. They should have $50 million of free money <laughs> coming into next offseason. And yet there's still this narrative that we're going to get rid of Wheeler, and that equals what? Like, where, where's this going? So that's what I'd like you guys to tackle. Give me your, your thought on it and, and explain the logic behind even, even taking offers for him. I mean, you know, no one's going to blow you away. So, Gene, Gene, you hit me first. What, what do you think? I'd like to hit you. Um, every time I get a text message from you or talk to you, you remind me of being a Mets fan, and I, and I, want, to, I want to kill you. Um, Please hit but, me hard enough know, to just put me out of my misery. Uh, no, I'm just going to maim you. Uh, the thing Please, is, please, this is a time when you should be getting a Wheeler, not giving one away. And so this would be the time to sneak pieces that – and it just seems like with all the analytics and all the, you know, the information that we have, we're not making good moves. I mean – Dave, I'm not upset either that Familiar was gone, but his stock could have been, should have been a little bit higher than what they got for him. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I honestly, the way, and it just might be total frustration, but if we were going to make a trade, you know, if it was Syndergaard or DeGrom, you know, mm-hmm. think about what you could actually get for them. I don't, I don't have enough faith in the team to, to, to get something good in return. I, I really don't. And, and, and theoretically, if you take a DeGrom who's 30 years old and who knows if he's going to pitch this well forever, who knows if he's going to get hurt or not, but you take a chance and you say, you know what, I'm going to get three big pieces for the highest rated guy right now on the market that's a pitcher. I don't trust this management to do it. So I wouldn't do the, the smaller wheeler thing. If I was going to do it, I would do a bigger splash. But I, I, don't, trust, I don't trust this management to make the right move. I, I don't think they have the capabilities to make the right move. Gene, real quick before we get on to Dave, too, just the concept of if someone else is putting this puzzle together, is it even ethical from a business standpoint to get, for, to get rid of these assets before the person that's going to take the responsibility of the outcome is even here? Like, what is the point of doing these moves now? Like, what, like I'm, I'm completely lost. I, I, I can't see it from any angle. I mean, is there any, any way you can phrase this or see this where it makes any sort of sense? I don't remember this ever happening. I've watched baseball my whole life. I don't remember this. You right. had to get rid of players at the end of the season <laughs> if you weren't in contention. I, I remember mm-hmm. trying to get players if you were in contention, but it wasn't the trade deadline wasn't as this magnified for every team. 
And I think you're right. It goes into like the current state of baseball. Like, yeah, you have to you have to sell off pieces or you have to buy pieces. It doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And yeah, who, who, what are we working toward here, Dave? What do you? Because I don't see a clear yeah, plan. We, I, I don't see a clear plan for look, hang in there. And I know that they can't tell the fans mm-hmm. everything, but in 2018, you got to be a little bit more transparent than they're being. Gene, there's no can't be a plan. There's no the GM isn't hired yet. <laughs> so there's a three-headed like, GM. We got GMs. But, but, but what's the plan? Like they said, they're not hiring these three. They, they've already put it out there. So like they can't. There literally can't be a plan. So why would you have three if you're not hire one? Like oh god, help yeah. me! I'm, seriously, hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Hey Dave, <laughs> how's life? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 that is crazy. I don't know why they didn't name Rico the GM for the rest of this year and. Yeah. I mean, you have, you know, what the hell is Omar going to do, you know? <laughs> it's just a strange situation. Uh, but, yeah, you know, and, and the thing is with, with trading all these guys away, you can't really point the economics of baseball and, uh, you know, how things have changed where it's much more important to have a one, you know, deep run in the world, in the playoffs or get a World Series than it is to be consistent all the time. You know, so it's like new economics. I don't know who's buzzing. Some, are you buzzing? Nick, is that you? Are you no, okay? It's, it's, my, it's my line. I'm trying to fix it as you're talking. All right. You're doing a good job of making it worse. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you know, so, I, so DeGrom is under control. The earliest he could be a free agent is 2021, right? He'll give you a hometown discount. Uh, you know, I would do everything in my power to lock that guy up. You know, Wheeler – we got him under control one more year, and then he becomes a free agent. Same with Flores. So, you know, I, I could see if you get something really good in return. And, you know, I love Wilmer, of course, but he is what he is, right? The same with Wheeler. You know, Wheeler's all about, you know, upside potential and staying healthy. But if the hall was right for those guys, I would do it. But if it's not, don't do it, right? They'll, they'll perform, perform great in their walk year next year, and then maybe you couldn't get the same kind of return next year that you would this year but because of the year-to-year – Oh, good. Well, no, my, I just want to ask you something on top of that. Um, why do we need a hall? Like, what is the? It, do you think that the concept, the idea that we're all sort of trained to think about, well, maximizing the value and eliminating the thought of, well, they're valuable to us. <laughs> like, there's value in winning. Like, the, it seems like the value of winning is is not part of the equation anymore. Because, like, why? Let's say Wheeler's in his walk year and he's stable why wouldn't you sign Wheeler? Like, somebody else will. Like, why Why do we bring in Jason Vargas and get rid of Wheeler? It doesn't, like, it doesn't make any sense. No, it I'm makes there. no sense. He throws I'm 98. A million percent. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you a million percent. I'm, I'm always about signing these guys that are kind of in that, you know, 24 to 30-year age group because that's when guys are right. productive. When people right. get in their 30s, the, the, the rapid rate of decline for a Major League Baseball player, non-steroid mm-hmm. error, after mm-hmm. age 32 is tremendous. All right. the staff share that out. So I don't know what the hell they're thinking, getting these old retreads and bringing in <laughs> Todd Frazier so we can masturbate with his hands and salt and pepper around. <laughs> right. Great chemistry. Who the fuck cares about that stuff? I want to win baseball uh, games, you know? Oh, my God. That's just crazy well, to me. I don't, I don't get the whole concept of what they're trying to do. What about the idea that you never hear about anybody, never hear about extending Wheeler for a year or two? Because, you know, Wheeler's agent, Wheeler himself has got to see the concept of he's going to have trouble, little trouble next year, getting a, a 
crazy amount of money, and also he's had some injury issues. So, you know, how much could Wheeler possibly cost you for a few years now? I mean, you know, Barkas is making a friggin' fortune. People overvalue themselves. I think Wheeler's like, hey, man, get me to a contender. I'm super healthy right now. I'm a horse. Mm-hmm. I'll go out and win, you know, eight or nine games the rest of the season, uh-huh. show myself in the postseason, kill it next year with a 15-win season, get the big money. That's all he's thinking about. He's not thinking about, let me tread water with the Mets for a little while longer and wait till I'm mm-hmm. 30 and then get the big money. Now nah, he, he wants payday. He wants to go win. I, I think Wheeler actually wants to leave. I think everyone else well, wants to stay. To based on what? Whereas I think Wheeler wants based, out. Wait, hold on, though. Based on what? Because the, the last thing we heard from Wheeler, unless I missed something, was him calling Sandy, begging not to go. Because, I mean, the guy's been was shelved for two years. He's probably, I mean, I, again, this is my own perception, but probably psychologically sort of freaked by that. He just got his career back. He thought it might have been gone. And he's got to look at Matt Harvey as an example of, well, it could all just disappear on you. And if they offered him something fair, I mean, do you really think – he would just he'd look for some ungodly amount of money. Um, I mean, maybe, but I mean, is there anything that you saw that maybe makes you think that way? Um, I think he wants to win. I think he wants to win. I, I think that I do remember that when he asked Sandy say that was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, when he was just returning, I think now he's back and he he knows he's pitching you know seven innings and he feels great. I don't know. I just think he wants to go win and and then. We should we ready though. I mean, like, isn't this? Am I wrong, dude? Like, is we're to me? It seems like we're ready to win. They're just refusing to finish the team. I'm, I mean, when we're look when when Cespedes is in the lineup, right? We are automatically a 500 team at least. And like when the whole, the few days that the team was intact, we won pretty pretty easily. And you know, the only season we had for half a year, everybody in in place, we went to a World Series. So, in theory, it's not. Cespedes' magic touch, it's just a good bat. <laughs> so if we actually yeah. got a good bat and stuck it in the middle of this lineup, a couple of hitters, you know, we'd be a completely different team because we have great pitching. It doesn't take that much. They just need to get stars in here, like real, like real players. Um, I'm just I'm lost, man. Like I don't see us being far away. I just see them just folding for no reason, literally because they just believe what everyone's telling them. And not seeing that the team stinks because they just they just don't have enough they didn't put enough money into it they didn't get yeah. they and they they invested stupid this off season stupid like just bluntly stupid I think I mean everyone in the world knew these were not you know in stone moves and you bring in Jason Vargas Jason Vargas was good for three months his entire career I mean what is he going to all of a sudden be a 17 game winner for the next 10 years like what does it make any sense oh God. Um, Oh, and the geez. best the uh, best player on the team this year, the best <laughs> player on the team this year had a fight and beg and scratch to stay in the big leagues. <laughs> right. I mean, he was Nimbo was yeah. sent down, and oh he's God. been our most consistent player this. Year. I mean, uh, Ash Dribble's having a good season too, but this kid's been mm-hmm. he's been way more than I thought he would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. You I know, think so too. As he doubles down the line, yeah. There we go. I don't know. This is just yeah, this is frustrating. Crap out of me. To, to not score on that double. He's so slow. <laughs> God, I'm slow as I think I'm probably yeah. faster than Wilmer. I'm pretty sure I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, let me bring that up, too. That's a crazy thing. I keep hearing about Flores being dealt. Like, Flores has no value to anybody um, except for maybe, like, a, um, a real deep bench player, except for us because he's got, you know, he's one of these Mets that has, a, you know, a moment or two and, what he's worth so much more to us than he is to anybody else. 
why? Like, what is? And he's not making that much. Like, why would we trade Flores? Like, wait, wait, and we're not going to get anything bad for him. What is the point of just dumping well, Wilmer I, Flores? What do you get for that's him? That's not a dump. That's not a dump. There, there's, there is a team in contention, and I don't know which one, okay. that has okay. a need for Wilmer Flores, right? They've got sure, some of course. hole or some injury worry or okay. something where they need Wilmer for this year yeah. to, to try to win. Okay. That's valuable to them. That's valuable okay. to them. And, you know, and he has proven that he can play multiple positions. Yeah. And if you look at his stats, his RBI production, mm-hmm. both minor leagues and in the big leagues, is uh-huh. really good. It's a lot okay. better than yeah. crappy bench players that are out. So it is value. Sure. Is he more valuable than Familia, who we got nothing no, for? Of course not. <laughs> so, right. so exactly. yeah. So what are we getting back? Like, I, I understand why somebody might want Flores if they're in contention, but what what are you willing to give up for Wilmer Flores realistically? Yeah, you, we're not going to get much back for him. We're we're going to get mm-hmm. probably a high A ball mm-hmm. top on it, and maybe some other kind of throw in, you know, pitcher, twenty four year old that's been Triple A for two years, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's a weak sister, and that's about it. Yeah, that's that's my point. My that's my point. Like, are we getting something and it's useful? That that's all fine and good. But if we're trying to you know, kind of contend next year. I mean, we've got to get parts next year too, like next trading deadline. I mean, I said this online. I was kind of uh, thinking this way, sort of if we're going to, let's say, need a decent starter. So are we going to take the prospects we got for Wheeler and turn around and look for a Wheeler type on his free agent year? <laughs> Maybe we can get Wheeler. Why don't we just trade for Wheeler right now? He'll cost us nothing. <laughs> you know, you're like, what? I don't get it. I, we'll I trade just Flores, have him all year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I just... I, I I was thinking I was missing something because it seems, I mean, it's getting so nutty that it's just the logic. I can't even see an angle. I don't see how competent people can get together and this makes sense, any of it, from any angle. Um, uh, I, I think you gotta, you got to take it one, one step further. You know, okay. we're not doing anything this year. Guys free okay. next year, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so let's get something back from because you got to kind of stagger the team. You can't have Wilmer Flores be a random utility guy on your team forever, you know, because he's going to be he a could. agent. And he's going to, he's going to, well, but right. he's going to want $10 million a year, right? But, it, it, or but can he get it? I mean, look look what players got this offseason. Who's giving Flores $10 million? He can try. We might get him for $1 million when at the ending of the offseason when no one wants him for that price. No I mean, it's possible because he's comfortable here. I mean, he's not that good. He's he's good. I mean, he's I, great I, to have yeah, if you're in a run. Let's take that hypothetical yeah. off. Let's say it's $2 yeah. million a year is what he'll sign for okay. as a free agent. Rock on. So we can, but but why not get some players for him? Why not get something back for him yeah. now? We yeah, don't need him next year. That, that doesn't fit he, in. And then we can, if we want him back, we'll get him back. Sure. That's we'll how I felt something that I'm like, okay, fine. We can get a great haul. We got a million dollars in international yeah. money. Mm-hmm. To right. you know, I, I like the pitcher actually. Right. Um, and you know, and if we're going to sign him, we'll sign him in four months. What's the big deal? Yeah, well, I mean, that, that aspect I get. But I guess if you take it a step further, let's say you have some stuff in your house you want to get rid of. Everyone has stuff in the, that's cluttering up their environment that you think is worth money, but you sort of like it's not worth the effort of actually selling it, so it just takes up room. You know, the effort of going through stuff to get a dollar or two of value um, of stuff you're never going to use. I mean, what's the purpose of getting a, a, a double-A ball hitter that uh, has no upside? You know, it's going to reach triple A or have a spot start. I mean, those are so those are a dime a dozen. You can always almost make an, an argument that it's better to just reward the guys in your own system 
than to than to start bringing in duplicates of these scrub players. So like it's just taking the bats away from people. What's what is the, I, I, the you I think, know pay for a flight to get them out of here? Like what are you getting for 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 well, Florida's exactly? I think you know familiarity breeds contempt, right? So we're very close right. to players. We know we've got. Sure. We send scouts mm-hmm. out all over. We look at these other players, and you see something. You see mm-hmm. something you might like, and you get mm-hmm. a three for one. You know, sure. one of those three might pop up and, and be better, and then mm-hmm. you can still get the other guy back. So I think it's just the nature okay. of the game. You know, That's fair. People have to cycle out. And it's not like he's a star, right? Hey, he's, a, he's a cop. Do you believe you're doing that, though? Let me ask you a question, though. I, I totally agree with you. Do you believe that they're doing that? Like that's they're sending scouts out, and they're really bringing back guys that they think might be diamonds in the rough? Yes. Yes, of course I do. Of course the scouts do, are Do you think there. last year, when they, get, when they traded the guys last year, do you really think that they were just wait, like, wait till they see X, Y, and Z? They'll, then they'll know that we knew what we were doing. Like, do you really well, you think that the Mets had, felt those guys had upside? Nick, Nick, calm down. That's yeah. how we got Syndergaard. All right. <laughs> so I'm not saying every, every, you know, every, every – We got him every, got for a good player, every though. Every becomes a diamond, but – that's what they do. That's how we got Syndergaard. Wait, wait, wait. Come on. I wait. No, let me, well, hold on. Let me back up. We got Syndergaard as part of a major deal for like one of the best prospects in baseball, and Sandy sort of was clever and you know kind of. You're right. He uh, no, was no, we didn't. That probably we got, excelled. We got Syndergaard. We got Syndergaard for Ari Dickey, who was in his walk year free agency. Right, but we also got Cy Darno Young at the time. Darn. Yeah, yeah, Cy Young and and Darno was a major prospect at the time. We got a we got a top end. And and Syndergaard wasn't a no name. Syndergaard was one of their best. About Syndergaard, but Syndergaard they, again, was a throw-in on that deal. He was a low minor leaguer. He was the throw-in. And everybody yeah, said, Buck was a throw-in. No, but he was, he was, uh, Buck was a throw-in. All the scouts were like, "Hey, watch Syndergaard. Darnot is a nice player, but Syndergaard's going to be the guy." And sure yeah. as shit, yeah. later he was. Right, but but Dave Syndergaard still was one of I think he was like the third best pitching prospect of their system. Plus they got their best prospect. Plus they got another guy, a Herrera, that still might make the majors. They got three guys. I mean that's a major exactly. haul. But we're not getting anything right. close to that. You know, it's like my my concern. My thought is not the fact that we are trading like somebody like D- Dickie. Honestly, had. I can't believe they took Dickie because Dickie, who's a like what was he forty year like a forty year old like he knew he was going to regress, and that was nuts. That was wonderful. My point is like Flor- stuff like Flores, just getting rid of him, and you know the guys you're getting back are not Syndergaard level. Pro- there's just to me it's, they're not even bench players. They're just sort of whatever. So I don't understand the need for the process because honestly, you, know, you want to win some games this year. Like if the team if the team rebounds this year, I mean we're not winning anything, but if they rebound. You know, you kind of get momentum, winning momentum into next year. What is the point of just losing and ha- finishing with 100 losses? Like, for what reason? I mean, there's no, we're not going to get a better draft pick. I mean, like, <laughs> it's not tanking. So I don't understand the point of just letting it all go and just having this, this narrative through the off season that we're a bunch of losers. When, you know, fight to get back to 500, and the next year you can do something. But you can't do it if you get rid of everybody. If you get value, rock on. I mean, right, so I might bring you somebody. Shoot. Let me change, let me change the narrative a little bit, okay? Shoot. Because we can't have the same argument against every player that we want to potentially get rid of. Who would you get okay. rid of? To me personally, I wouldn't look at it like that. I would look at well, what what do we need? What does what are people offering us for who? And then you just judge it based on what the offer is. So basically, if someone wants to give me somebody of value for Flores, 100%. But I don't, I'm not looking at like, well, I need to get rid of this guy, what's available. To me, it's, it's, that's, 
part of the problem. We're not we're no, looking at it like what assets can we get rid of for what reason? No, no, I'm not saying oh let's get rid of. I'm saying okay, there's two mm-hmm. sides to every. You have to give to get. So who would you give, right. and who okay. would you not give? Like right now, who are the for, four for players who? that you would give? For I, who? I don't know for who, but right now. We well, have that's the thing I gotta know. Like that's that's the whole point, though, isn't it? Like I, you're saying like for who? Like how much money would you give up for what? So, but you're not telling me what I'm getting. So, how would I know how much I'm going to give up? And All right, here's so why I would trade. You can't you're, shoot. since you're not capable of saying it. I will say it. I would shoot. trade. Dom Smith, Kevin Pluecki, okay. uh-huh. Wilmer Flores, mm-hmm. Zach Wheeler, Devin Mesoraka. Okay. Uh, uh, Seth Lugo. Mats. I would not trade Mats. Paul Seawald, uh-huh. Corey Oswald, mm-hmm. Robert Selman. Uh-huh. Um, Jerry Blevins. That's that's the guy that I'm very comfortable get. Uh, okay. Well, it depends. That's what I would tell the, the world. This is these are uh-huh. my ten, and I'm mm-hmm. listening. So you come at me with offers. I mean, but you can't just you know, we don't know what other well, people okay. are offering. So okay. We so have to come at it from I, I get to, perspective. So the idea is basically, who do you want to take off the table? But the, the thing is, though, you didn't say let's say Conforto, but there are no, packages Conforto's I consider not. for him. Well. Depends on what, what they're going to offer. I would not consider anyone for Conforto. I would not consider anyone for Degrom, Syndergaard, uh-huh. personally, Mats, um, mm-hmm. you know, and Nimmo. Those, those are my guys that are that are and and uh, Rosario. Those are my untouchables. Well, what about Mookie Betts for Nimmo? Yeah, of course you would. So uh, I mean, the, po- my point is, it's like people want they want to be nuts. I would never have admit in a million years thought that Dickey could turn into Darno and Syndergaard. But even at the time when that was made. I couldn't believe it. It was it was that crazy. So like that stuff happens, you know. But my point is that we're shopping people. I mean, outside of taking maybe Degrom and and the let's say the pitchers off the table, what like I I don't know what people are offering. So we were shopping, Dickie. I'm saying you 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 dangle the bait and then you see what you can haul in. But again, the, the GM is not even here. We haven't hired him. So, like, the, I don't think. I guess that's my my point. It's it's less about who we're getting rid of, and it's more about the fact that it's turned into the action of getting rid of people rather than the action of actually bringing things in you need. The strategy no, is there. That's your perspective. But there's no I GM. Think. There's no GM. Where's the strategy? Like the guy that's doing the strategy hasn't been hired yet. So what are they? Well, what is? The, what are they playing for? The trading. Made a trade. And we got guys back. So. Okay. You can't say that there's no strategy because you just made a trade. So there's guys available, okay. and we're looking at offers. Okay. I mean, that's how it works. I know, Gene, Gene, uh, split the hairs here. I mean, like, I, I do hear Dave's point. I mean, obviously, I've, I have a strong opinion on it, too. What what do you think? Well, you're, you're taking it to the next level like we've dumped a lot of guys. It's all speculation. So right. there's only one guy that's been traded. So – if we were talking tonight and they had just dumped four guys, we could have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It might just be that per Alderson type approaches, they're just dangling everybody out there just to see what's sticking. Mm-hmm. Because until they sign right. it, you know, uh, you're watching teams get a little bit desperate, you know. And if, if mm-hmm. Flores is on the table, any team that's in contention against the Yankees mm-hmm. with two stud lefties in their bullpen or two good lefties mm-hmm. in their bullpen – might want a Flores to come off the bench, like Sean Dunstan came off the bench for us back in the day. Right. I don't know what that's going to bring you in return. Mm-hmm. Right. You've got to have smart people, and it goes back to my original point. I don't really trust player. I don't trust their assessment of players. 
to say mm-hmm. these are the ones that are good that we can, you know, I don't know how much Alderson getting Thor was an accident, um, mm-hmm. but it worked out really well and it's a great story. Um, but I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I would meet somewhere in the middle because I like the fact that we're acknowledging that this season's over and we're not going right. to pretend like anything can happen. Um, mm-hmm. But I would like to see some some smart moves being made. And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Harvey could have brought in a lot of talent. And mm-hmm. we were like, there's sure. no way in the world we're going to trade him. Well, hindsight's, you know, 2020. If you have smart people in place that will say, look, mm-hmm. we will take guys that – or a guy. Don't have to be guys. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, of the two of you, you know, you, you and Dave – do you honestly mm-hmm. believe that Syndergaard's going to turn into the stud that he thinks he's going to be? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I mean, do, do you? Sure. I mean, do yeah. you? Oh, you're asking the question. I'm, I'm not 100. I, I think that guy can mm-hmm. get in his own way. Now, do I want to trade yeah. him for nothing? Absolutely not. But that guy's mm-hmm. got a lot of value. Holy crap, he does. Yeah. But he's a, he's a mental head case. Sure. Yeah. You I, know, I can't disagree. I mean, look at. Look at the pitching, the pitching people that, that, that Detroit Tigers had that they traded away. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're a fan of that team, you've got to be going crazy. And <laughs> yeah. they weren't able to do too much with it, but they traded those guys away. They lost those guys, and that would be yeah. frustrating. Yeah, and I think that's sort of what I'm looking at that's getting me a little anxious. And just to kind of just step back – a bit, you know, when I was talking about Flores, I wasn't. I'm not really concerned, literally, about Flores. My concern is that that the conceptual thing about just getting into a mindset of just well, we got to sell players X, Y, and Z, and the the and we'll figure out who we're going to get when we start getting offers. It's basically that's my, my concern is Wheeler. To be very blunt with you, I I think this team has one strength. We've been waiting for it. We have a couple of young hitters, and to me, there's no. What the, what this is being, let's say, turned over for, and again, we're not really turning it over because we're not selling everybody, So, it's, but it's basically hoping to get back to the same point so we can do it all over again. It's sort of like trading Wheeler for prospects that eventually, if they work out, we can trade them for a young player. I mean, it's when does the winning happen? And that's my, my concern. I, I, the, the mentality transferring onto Wheeler, and they end up trading Wheeler for a couple of you know, prospects, and what does it do? At the best, we'll get a Wheeler. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're even even Thor hasn't been wonderful for us. So like what Wheeler went through growing pains. He's finally at the point where he looks like he could be serviceable for a couple of years, like and relatively cheap. Why? Like what are we getting for him? I mean, if it's wonderful, but like I have. I mean, do you guys get the same feeling? Maybe I'm wrong. Like we're gonna just we're looking at a dump here because it's they haven't made a good trade since um, <laughs> since uh, Dicky. That's it. I mean, no, everybody they, else has been dumped, they right? Some, they, yeah, but they traded for Wheeler. They they traded Beltran. I mean, it, it's, right. you know. So long ago. I 2010, dude. But I think the answer to all. No, but. Jay Bruce. No. I think that was a good trade. Yeah. yeah. Um, to Cleveland? And I think, wait, to. Wait, I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry. That's right. Originally, that. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, it turned out to be a bus for Dilson both Herrera. Yeah. yeah, Bruce Hall. Well, yeah, I guess Bruce helped us for a couple of months. Um, then we traded Bruce to Cleveland for nothing. I mean, <laughs> so I mean, it, it was it was Bruce was better. But it was almost a little bit better than Alash, but we really didn't. I mean, it was win. Okay, I'll give you that. You know who holds the answers to all these questions, and you know, there's one person, 
And that's Jay Horowitz, because when he was on the show, he tried to convince us back in 2015 that the team would rebound, and we all but told him, get off the air, you are delusional. And they went to the mm-hmm. World Series. And so I believe that he is the sensei, and he knows what's going to go on with his team. And why he's not the GM is beyond me, because he's bought into everything that they told him. And you remember, he was adamant about they had a plan. And we were like, you're out of your mind they have a plan. And three months later, they're in the World Series. Yeah, the plan worked. I mean, I have no problem with the way stuff turned out. Some things worked well, some things didn't. They just didn't finish. I think the team's still there. I, the window's open. They're just shutting it themselves. I, that's the way I see it. Um, well, Dave, Dave, Dave I, I texted this to Gene before we kind of went back and forth a bit. I want, I want your opinion on this. All right, so Cespedes. Okay, we're talking about – so he, his, he has this heel issue. So the team came out and said that from the very beginning, they knew that this was an issue that he had to manage. From the time they signed him, from the time they traded him, they yeah. saw it. Okay, he was up front. So now his whole career – he's been able to stay on the field, right? You know, because managing it. That, that, and the last thing that the Mets knew, that's what the condition was. I mean, he was going to manage till the ending of his career, if possible. So thinking about that, right, you think back two off-seasons ago. Remember the video of um, Mike Barwis, the guy that's still with the team? Remember Cespedes lifting 1,000 pounds? And <laughs> now, yes. let me ask you a question. Now, now, do, and now, keep in mind, that's Jeff Wilpon's buddy. He brought this guy in. And out of all the medical people that were, were dismissed, Barwis is still here. So... From what you know about the gym, would lifting a thousand pounds and gym work does that involve your feet? Um, it's like a. <laughs> please elaborate for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, all that stuff in, in hindsight yeah. now is it's pretty tough. Um, What's hindsight for us? You know, What's hindsight for them? They knew. Yeah, I, I don't know, Nick, you're, you're like the master of these unanswerable, you know, historical, real-looking, you know, questions. And, yeah, I mean, I guess they should have just had him soaking his feet in the hot tub while he's doing his nails and eating bonbons just, dude, instead of playing golf. Dude, not even that. Dude, dude, not that. Specifically weight training. Like that, what you saw in that video, if I was the owner of a team and you came to me and said, listen, I have one condition. I have a life. I have a condition that needs surgery. I'm managing. It's the heels of my feet. Um, if I turned around and said, "You want to get into thousand pound weightlifting?" <laughs> like, this <is> sound nuts. <laughs> Football training. Remember the videos of him squatting and like having the barbells on his on his heel, literally on his heels, and squatting and sort of walking around the uh, the <laughs> walking around the, the gym with the giant barbells. I remember, I and, and the woman was there filming him, and he was smiling <laughs> from ear to ear. Huh? Thank oh, yeah. me very Great. much. Yeah, yeah. That that year worked out well for him. He hasn't been the same since, right? <laughs> just, just, just checking. Just checking. Um, I don't know. What do you, you get where I'm coming with? That's to me. That's the first direct evidence of what Pedro Martinez said about Jeff Wilpon pushing people and pushing people when they're hurt and having them do things and then there being repercussions from it. Because Pedro says Jeff Wilpon ruined his career, ruined his arm. So what do you think? I mean, like, I mean, no one's talking about it. I haven't seen that once in the media yet, at least. Um, is that significant to you, at least? Am I making too much of it? I think you're making too much of it. Not... Okay. Um, think, talk to me. No, I think it's 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 all mismanagement, but it's again it's looking back and you know 
of course you say that now, but and and everybody that was watching the video said that's not probably a good thing. But yeah, if, if they knew well, wait, how they would sign they knew, a guy with bad heels, yeah. But I guess I honestly G- believe they thought they'd be it, bailed out with their insurance contract. But they were. They are. They're just not using the money, but <laughs> they're not going to. Like, well, Gene, Gene just stay, take a step back. So yes, it is. It we all sort of like gasped when we saw that a bit, but but the idea is, is that yes, it is like it is. I guess looking back and, and reevaluating things and being judgmental from my point of view, um, but they knew he had a condition like this. So the point is, from their standpoint, they had more information than us, and they going into it, and then they they and the literally the guy in charge, the guy that's been had fingers pointed at him forever for doing exactly this kind of stuff. He's the guy that found him and put him in, and he's the guy they couldn't get rid of this off season. So to me, I mean, maybe they didn't even tell Barwis that, that Cespit has had this problem and they put that guy into a bad position. But I mean, the, the, that to me, it, it, I don't know that that's a huge thing for me. And I just, maybe I'm, I'm completely off. That's why I have you guys <laughs> to, to tell me I'm an idiot, but uh, that's, it's, it's nagging at me that this is a thing they knew and they didn't, they pushed Cespit into it. They, he, maybe he was compliant or completely into it, but I mean, my God, it's like if you have a shoulder injury and you then somebody lifts weights because you, you told I'm, them to. Are you saying that the Mets pushed him into those gigantic workouts? Yes. Well, I'm not saying it. I know it because that was a guy that Jeff Wilpon was friends with, found him, brought him into the Mets, and introduced him to Cespedes. And then they, they had ESPN tape it, and the Mets watched it, and they put it out. They publicized it. So, yeah, I, I am saying that. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I, I, know. I, just, let's, take it, a, let's take a side shoot. step here, and this is okay. this is my frustration. Not to, not to. So, mm-hmm. both of you have mentioned that you know Matt's is well implied that Matt's is semi untouchable, and mm-hmm. I just don't see it. Like, let's have a conversation about what do you guys? I mean, I know that there's a lefty. I know that he has has some good mm-hmm. games, but this guy reminds me of Glendon Rush. Where he gets the red mm-hmm. patch on his face and he can't get past that one hitter, <laughs> that something right. happens and he just implodes. He he can't hold the lead of the pitchers, the five stars mm-hmm. that were supposed to be there. This sure. guy cannot hold the lead, and mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like anything's working with this guy. He's got a little okay. bit of Ron Darling in him, where mm-hmm. he outthinks himself or he's just plain stupid. Um, <laughs> but where uh-huh. but where are you seeing good flashes for him? Seriously, I mean, tell me where you're seeing the good flashes because maybe I'm missing something or I'm just picking on him. But uh, like tonight, he just he gives a lead back right away. And I know that <laughs> sure. this is not the the best team to be pitching for, but um, mm-hmm. you give Degrom four runs, he could probably get two wins with it. <laughs> well, I think for, for <laughs> Matt, you know, mm-hmm. one, you know, you need a lefty starter. I mean, and he's a middle of the rotation, back to rotation starter. He's not a stud, okay. but he is under control until 2022. So we have three more years to either work with him or trade him, and in the interim, he's good enough to be at least a number four starter on almost any team, in my opinion, right. especially because he's a lefty. So to me, it's a no-brainer that I'm not saying he's untouchable, untouchable, but I, I wouldn't trade him personally. Okay, as long as he's not regarded as your number three or a high two, your low two, that's yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. But people people talk like he's in the same conversation with Jake and, and Noah, and he's not. No, not hardly. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, 
my, my perspective that on better. that is it, it, it's less about mats. It's more about the um, overall entity of the starters. I mean, I, I, I'm one of these guys that believe you need to have a strength, or a significant strength somewhere to be able to get through the postseason and to be able to get a little deeper in. And also I'm looking at the market, and yes, you're right about mats, but if you really look around, I mean, that's, that's what is that, 90% of all the pitchers in MLB? It's a weak kind of a weak-minded group <laughs> that's out there, you know, and you even have people like you're talking about Matt's. You have people like a David Price that can't, it wilts at all times, you know, and it has more ability. So the point is um, somebody like Matt's on the open market would still run you $8 million a year or something like that, $7 million. Yeah. So, and the team doesn't spend money. So my point is they're going to have somebody, if it's not going to be a Matt's-level pitcher pitching in that slot, we're going to see Oswalt. We're going to see their scrub players. And on the depth chart, we have Vargas <laughs> that's going to move up a slot. And you, I can promise you we're not signing a match-level pitcher for $8 bucks. We're just going to figure – someone will come up with some numbers that says Oswalt will be the same guy. You know, maybe win a few less games, whatever else. But for the money, Oswalt is making 500000 and Matt's is making $8 million, so you don't take Matt. So if we constantly make that choice – the, this slight variation, let's say Matt's, you know, pitches to one level and Oswald pitches slightly less but makes a lot less. We're going to get all these guys like that are making slightly less <laughs> or a lot less money with less statistics, and then we're going to have a crappy team. That's how we got into this mess. So to me, if you're not going to well, retain the starter, that's your strength, and dump everybody. Just start over at that point. And just to, take, to keep half of them and get, trade the other half to not replace them. Like, yeah, I don't see that where that equals winning. Yeah, yeah, Matt's is a bargain. So mm-hmm. I think he actually he has a no, ton I, of trade value. Yeah, he's a bargain. Yeah, I think he's, so too. he's got potential. It's just he's a frustrating guy to watch. I mean, if sure. there's a game that you that if I tell you, look, uh-huh. this is going to be a big game with whether it's a series game, you know, to win mm-hmm. a series or it's a playoff game, right. and in the first inning you're going to be up mm-hmm. five nothing. The right. last guy I want to hear is pitching that game is Matt's. I'd rather, honest to God, I'd rather have Seth Lugo pitching those games. Lugo's got Would you better, Jason better composure than Max does. Huh? Lugo's, Lugo's arm is hanging by a thread. Would you rather have Vargas? Because chances are it's Vargas that would be pitching that game. No, I'd if rather have Lugo or Gazelman. Lugo, yeah, yeah. Lugo's injured. Lugo might be gone any moment, you know, and, and we need somebody in the pen, too. Mass. Yeah, right now. Yeah, and a, yeah I, would, I agree yeah, with you. Lugo in a heartbeat. I agree mm-hmm. with you, Nick. I think his yeah. – uh, that 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 yeah. curveball that mm-hmm. on the elbow. He's yeah. I take Lugo in a heart. I, no, I'm I'm saying Lugo yeah. over Matt. No way would I have Vargas. Vargas has been a monumental mistake. Right, but he he the, Var, but the reality is Vargas. The reality is Vargas. Dribble just Lugo, hit another home run. <laughs> Look, Lu, Lugo Lugo at the Met for his trade. Uh, <laughs> as, yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, Lugo man, Lugo at any point could be done. I mean, Vargas is here. Vargas they is not going anywhere. They all at any point. Right, yeah, but, Var- but Lugo has the injury. I mean, Lugo, just you're waiting for the tear to get worse. So, like, the idea is Vargas is the guy that's signed. If they trade Mets, it's Vargas. I mean, it's, that's the guy. He, that's who takes Mets' position. And I, I wouldn't want to see Vargas. I don't want to see Vargas, period. But, so, you're talking about, yes, Mets is frustrating. I agree with you. But wouldn't you we rather, like, Remember Sean Vargas? I don't even care about Vargas, literally. Dude, when he pitches, I just don't even watch the game. We always have a Vargas. So you can't flex in. Give me a flex in. 
Yeah, yeah Chris Flexen. Oh, my God. I hate that guy. <laughs> he sucks. He looks like a real dick. He just looks oh like a God. tool. You just know he's a dick in the bar. I don't not like Chris Flexen. That's so wrong. But you know, true, there's, right? There's a, Bruce Brenny, Town Houseman. Like, there's yeah. so many of them. <laughs> uh, oh, wait, there's, dude, there's we, a complete a freaking Vargas. Dyer Miller. There's there's a um there is a component Wait. here though when you look at uh-huh. a Lugo, you look at a Gazelman, <laughs> even a DeGrom uh-huh. who snuck up yeah. on the entire franchise. You know, uh-huh. they they do have guys that come up and, and you know, Lugo plays the most important game yeah. in, in Puerto Rico's history. You know, and they, they <laughs> let him do that, which is what killed the by the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> the um, most important game of his career wasn't here; it was in Puerto Rico. Yeah, but you know, you know what? It goes back to uh-huh. what Dave said, and, and, and I disagree to an extent. Where guys want to win, guys mm-hmm. want to win, guys want to get paid. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. you take a Jason Worth that went to um, the Nationals, Pudge went to Detroit. Those were hell holes. Mm-hmm. They weren't going yeah. there to rebuild. They were going there to get their ass paid. You can still yeah. convince. You could convince Bryce Harper to play for the Mets because. They don't give a shit about winning. Fans give a shit about winning. Not that players don't ever want to win. Old players want to win a World Series. Young players want to get fucking paid. And that's how you rebuild a team. Yeah. You can get money. any free agent from here. <clears throat> yeah. You can. Too bad we don't have 50 you million don't in advance this offseason. Oh, wait, we do. According to you, we do. <laughs> Just waiting to be spent. <laughs> yeah, right. Good, good luck. Keep waiting for that. Um, Dave, let me ask you this. I don't mean to hijack the show. Sorry, Nick. No, 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 no. Go ahead. We're, How, we're, we're all here. Is is it worse to be a Mets fan in 2018, or, or from what you're seeing, being a Nationals fan? Because this was supposed to be like candy year in, in Washington. Yeah, it's his walk year. He's gonna put. He's got Scherzer. He's got funny eyes. He's gonna win everything. What's going on down there? Oh, I, I love it. I love it. Everyone's wringing their hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Unfortunately, uh, you know, they had the, they still had the, the glow from the Cap Stanley Cup victory. So I see so much watching Capital uh, Cast year now. It's incredible. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's um, great. You know, and plus you know they had the All Star game here, and it's just this all all hype for this season was going to be all about you know Harper and, and Scherzer and. And then you see the dugout uh, fight between Scherzer <laughs> and uh, what's his name? That's great. Yep. Stru- That's Strasburg. great. Yeah, it's classic. They love to fight. Love they love to fight. It's amazing. I've only seen that twice in the, like, the very modern eras. Yeah. It's always them. It's always the team it's, it's dicks, their star players, too. You. It's their star players. The best hitter and the best pitchers. That's answer great. I love it. Yeah. To answer your question, though, it's much worse to be a Mets fan. Because we didn't have high expectations for this season, although we had expectations. Mm-hmm. And when we had that start, dude, I was freaking talking major smack. I was Mr. Mm-hmm. Met everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then we've just been in hell for three months now. Mm-hmm. So I think it's yeah, worth it. I, I read totally about agree. Mickey, mm-hmm. and he said that the, the <laughs> point of the season where everything changed is when this jinx guy came up to him and said he's having a great season. Keep at it. <laughs> and this guy named Dave. <laughs> I don't hear that. Whoever this Dave is, we should find him. He's our Bartman. Because from that point on, everything was funny. 
Oh, my God. Yeah, that was awful. He's with some smoke show. Get into a black Mercedes in front of the Ritz-Carlton. And uh, I was like, hey, you're doing a hell of a job, Mickey. He's like, thanks. <laughs> you can't lose. <laughs> the next day, he battled in order. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, this is... Um... I honestly, I agree with Dave. I I'd be national fan in a second. I mean, as far as it's choosing the the mood, I mean, I would literally be a Nationals fan. But they, you know what? It, to me, the Nationals almost remind me of it. Remind me of the Yankees from the eighties. You know, they they're making wrong moves. There's a lot of chaos, but at least they're spending some money. They're trying in some like the, the Nationals might sign Harper back. If we had Harper, if we had Harper. There would be no chance. We wouldn't even be in the conversation nationally. It would be what team's getting Harper, period. At least <laughs> you, can, you read the Nationals might retain. They're, in, they're included in the story. We would not even be in the story. They wouldn't even say why. There wouldn't even be a story questioning why the Mets wouldn't get him back. They just, it would be an assumption that the Yankees would, they would do anything, but we're not even in the conversation. And that, to me, that's the amount of years we've been this, this team it's to the point of it's not even questions anymore. It's like like we got to trade Wheeler before free agency because it's it's we don't sign him. We'll, we will pay for Vargas. We will pay for Vargas. That's fine because we need one. We need you're right. We always need a Vargas. But but our but any pitcher that we have, any hitter, anybody that's any good, except for David Wright specifically, you know, of course he's going to leave. That's what you know. Why would we sign him? Why? Nothing. You know. So totally nuts, totally not, and that—that's why I—I'd rather be a Nationals fan <laughs> because at least they might sign their guy. They might—they're trying. They suck, you know. They'll never win anything, but <laughs> and their fan base knows it. If you ever look at their their sort of forms, their in-game stuff, which I love to do, from the beginning of the year, the second like, after the first week, it was basically doomsday because they're—they're sort of they're discarded too in their own way. Um, and um, well, I'm enjoying it though. <laughs> I thought I was I angry. <laughs> Dave. Oh my god. Dave. Uh, Dave, have you ever yeah. seen him this angry before? <laughs> no, it's crazy, uh, dude. You can't, you can't. I mean, come off the ledge, man. Dude, I you love baseball. Yeah, you I freaking love this sport. It's driving me nuts. It's you make Steve crazy. look mellow. Yeah, seriously. I know. I'm, I'm turning into Steve. I look in the mirror. That's exa- I look like Steve. I think I might even be Steve at this point. Um, you know what? <laughs> I, it's, it's like I like one sport. This is it. And it's annoying enough to see how the sport's changed in all these ways and to see like the people that run MLB basically be tone deaf to the point of they talk about the future of the sport being successful in terms of how much money they make. Tone deaf to the people that are watching the sport have don't care the don't give a rat's ass how much money they make. It's about the enjoyment. So they're killing the nature of the sport. You have already have to deal with that, and then you got your team basically making chaos moves. The national media just for stories is basically bullying them into making crazy these crazy freaking moves, or at least creating the narrative that tortures us. I mean, you go on Mets blog as a great example, right? And they have, you have some somebody posted a story about like the the Padres scouting uh, Thor and they want him. The Mets are not trading Syndergaard to the Padres. They're just not doing it. I mean, if 
if he's going to go, you know, those teams so that have promoted systems. Yeah, well, bingo. You know, mm-hmm. like, it's not happening. And, but yet the story's there. So w- what is the story there for? It's clickbait, but it's to torture us. And so it's something in general that, that is a pastime. You use it to forget about your problems, to sort of enjoy a game, you know. And I haven't enjoyed this in years, and since 2015, for only for three months, mind you. And this stuff, it's like it, it gets to you. You know, you read an article that Syndergaard going to the Padres. Why do I need to read that? He's not going to the Padres. But yet, you know, it's this stuff, this repetitive narrative. And it's turning, it's creating something stressful out of the only sport I like and out of the team that I've been looking at for 30 years. And so for that reason, that's where the anger is coming from. You know, it's sort of like don't pull but me what in about the Baltimore and, and do this. <laughs> well, what year, did you, a, sure. what year okay. did you become a Mets fan? Me? Um, it's hard for me to pinpoint. I think I, I switched. Like, in other words, I, I was both when I was a little kid, and I kind of – I think I became a Mets-only guy around 1982, I think, 82, 81, something like that. So I, think, well, I think that's part of the issue. Like, so you – you became a Mets fan, you know, when they had a really nice run, a great World Series, and really exciting times. Well, be- you know, before I that. became a Mets fan. Before that. Like around it was seven Mike Fitzgerald years. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Right. Sorry about that. So I, I just had like a decade mm-hmm. of, of, of nothing. So like now, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, of course I want the Mets to win all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think I appreciate baseball and strategy whether or not the Mets win. I kind of live and breathe with them, too. But seasons like this, they don't drive me insane, man. I, I, think, it's, I think it's driving you insane. What do you think, Gene? Oh, it's totally driving me insane. I think it's driving him insane in a different way. And I, I think there's <laughs> something to what Dave's saying, though, because you saw – like, I'm only a few years before you, but I was living in the 79-80, which was still mm-hmm. – this team is horrible. If they play 500 mm-hmm. baseball, you have a gift mm-hmm. from God. And mm-hmm, right. as they started to <laughs> ascend in the 80s, you could see mm-hmm. like the linear path of it all mm-hmm. going to, you know, culminates in 1986. But you know, looking back on the decade, but 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 mm-hmm. to Nick's credit, he also went through the 90s with this team, the yeah, late 80s, okay. 90s when there was high expectations, the Alomars and and all the bad stuff that went through there. So I don't think that you're naive to that. It's just. I think what was happening was you were promised that red bike on Christmas, and you didn't get you got the red bike well, no. and didn't have his front wheels on. <laughs> let, me, let me explain. Let me explain myself here because I do understand where you're coming from. So no, we know you better preface, than you know you, Nick. So listen. Right. Well, no, no, no. Oh, that, that's, go that's ahead. Why you I, try to you, explain you, it. You, you, no, no, no. I'll tell you what. Like I, I do believe that. I believe that other people can, you know, very often evaluate you better than you can evaluate yourself, right? So I get that. I'm just giving you guys the rest of the variables here, and if you still you still feel that way, you might be right, and I think you very well might be. But I will say this. First of all, I was a baseball fan before I went Mets only. I was a baseball fan as a little kid. I remember the 78 World Series, stuff like that. I used to be a Yankee fan when I was a really young kid. And but they were winning. I, so again, it's but no, 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 no but here's the thing. I, I switched to the Mets. I remember it was 1982, and it was, it was basically the – I remember looking through their yearbook. I remember Randy Jones – starting as being their best pitcher with Craig Swan trying to come back. And, and so you guys, especially, let's say, all right, Gene, you date back to the late 70s, so you, you can remember when they are trying to get Dave Winfield, when they were trying to get Pete Rose, but not really, and they bring nobody in here, and that, that concept. But first of all, 
the bad ownership was on the way out. He knew the Dirolet family was not going to keep the team, so there was no hope, you know. But on top of it, it's, it's what's driving me batty now are the two things that didn't exist back then. First of which, Dave, what you said originally, that loving the strategy of baseball, the, the uh, nuances. I love that. I love the stolen base, the triple, the, the complete game. All these little things I love about the game, one by one, are, are systematically removed from it. So it's not, the same, it's not that game you're remembering, and for me too, right? That's one thing. But on top of it, it's the social media. It's a concept of when, you, if, when it was the late 70s and you're going through the point where they're getting rid of Seaver, they're getting rid of everybody, you weren't, let's say, before Seaver's gone, constantly, all day long, getting inundated with Seaver might go to the Yankees, or Seaver might go to what, like, you're not, you don't hear that stuff. So you put it out of your head, you only deal with what's happening. Here, they're just torturing you. And so for me, I'm on social media, I see stuff, and it's creating, taking something that's a pastime and creating a stressful concept out of it and telling me basically if you don't like it you know don't look at it don't but that's right. you know it's, it's, so it's, it's taking something away from me and that's where the reaction is coming mm-hmm. it does seem to me it's somewhat self-induced so i i, though I do appreciate yeah. you get in and did with it i i frankly stay away from mets blog and a couple other things i look at sports spider mm-hmm. and i glance through articles right. pretty much every morning over my coffee but okay. that's it you know I'm not nearly as engaged on Mets Twitter and other things as I used to be, although I still keep some friendships, just because it's right. weird. And it, I found it very distracting from my love of the sport of baseball. Mm-hmm. So I've tried right. to delve back into more the on-field things than the mm-hmm. off-field things. And I've found right. I, it's just more fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, did you guys, like when you were growing up, did you get Baseball Digest and really dig into that stuff? Like, did you enjoy that process? Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I had it delivered to my house. I watched the game of the week on Saturday with Joe Garagiola. Mm-hmm. I watched mm-hmm. all the Lin- Lindsey, Bob Murphy, and Ralph broadcast for the Mets. But it was all about the joy of the sport. Like you said, like, oh, the mm-hmm. dealer A's, we knew that they were going to leave. Dude, I was 15. I had no fucking clue who owned the Mets. I, I didn't care. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't no, know what was going on on the field. You know, so that's, I think, I don't know, it's just a slight maybe nuanced perspective on the game. I think you have probably a more fulsome view of it than I do, but I try to focus a little more on field stuff. But I was a big no, I mean, guy. You, I, mean, I knew all the players and all their, all their baseball cards and stats. But I had no idea. Well, the other, the the other the, dimension. Uh, yeah, sorry, sorry, Dave. Oh, go ahead. No, no. no the, the, other dimension, the other dimension is Dave and I aren't in New York City. And I remember mm-hmm. as a kid living in Florida, every, I spent the entire summer in New York. I loved going and, you know, reading the Daily News where they had, mm-hmm. you know, they had the Mets players in the top ten in hitting that were in bold. And I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. like everybody else likes the Mets here too. You know, there was no team in Florida, <laughs> no Marlins, you know. But right. it was just, it was, you could get everything. But I didn't know who owned the team. I knew the managers. I knew the players. Mm-hmm. But I missed the days, and I'm not on social media first, and I stopped doing, mm-hmm. you know, NewJersey.com mm-hmm. You know, right. because of that, because it was it wasn't fun. Like people, like I want to mm-hmm. be around people that are going to be like upset, but upset for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Like this is what right. I think should be going on, not like somebody okay. going, "Oh, it's not like Nick, not that's like Nick, right?" <laughs> that's what you <laughs> like Nick. exactly. Got it. No, <laughs> that's where I met Nick. Very subtle. But the thing you know. is, yeah, I know. Yeah, right. but, the, but the but but the thing is, um, what I also miss is. I learned about the Hernandez and the Carter trade by picking up the paper in the morning 
And I was, mm-hmm. you know, I watched every sports show and read Inside Pitch, and I read all the mm-hmm. uh, transactions and things, rumors or whatever. But th- the surprise of those trades was great, you know. And, and there's no, not that there's no surprise now, but mm-hmm. there's a lot more hype, and it does stress you out. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's not going to be a Gary Carter comes to the – and I remember the headlines and going mm-hmm. – Please say Mets. Please say Mets. Please say Mets. And there he was coming to the Mets. You know, mm-hmm. Fernandez gets traded for for a bag of balls and Neil Allen. Oh man, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, mm-hmm. Well, how about you remember when that's Piazza not happening came? anymore? Remember when Piazza yes. came? I was like, what? Oh what yeah, yeah. My God, yeah. I, I, could have oh. knocked me with a feather. I had no clue. Right. What a moment. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's. I love that. Yeah, we too. So that, I miss that. And we trade our best prospect, Preston Wilson, for him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> oh my God! I mean, remember the yeah. shock? Remember the shock of trading uh, uh, Toley? I mean, how disappointed you were! All right, oh, of course. <laughs> Where were you with Josh? Tully I'm like, why would we trade Toley and Dicky now? Toley, what are we going to do? And, and uh, what's his name? Uh, Nickius. Like, why would you trade him? Um, yeah. Please remember, all the way I to Toronto. Trying to get over them. Toronto, see those guys play. Seriously, dude, I, I'm still trying to get over them training Chiraldi. I mean, like a good end of the bullpen <laughs> piece. Like, what's what's up with that? Um, exactly. Man, it's, uh, uh, you know that that look. I, I I hear you, and I think you're absolutely right. I think Dave. I think what you suggested is is healthy. You know, but to to that point, I mean, look, I I appreciate the same thing about the game you guys appreciate it. And I think the reality is that what you're saying about your upbringing in the game is um, something that does resonate with me because I looked at the same stuff. I enjoyed the same stuff. So, yeah. and look, winning, winning is important to me. You're right. And yes, I was influenced by the, those teams that I watched as I got older, but at the same respect, the team's been losing almost always <laughs> since I became a fan of it. And it, maybe three, four years, they were really great, you know, and I've been okay. I haven't loved it. But the the idea is that the narrative. I hear more about who's going to be be pushed out without any plan. It's basically everyone is using the Mets as a farm team, and there's no and and I don't see anything changing. And I see obvious things being ignored, which has never never been happening before. It's, I don't. It's not like people are having stories about some of these things and just discounting them, or they're just. It's like they don't exist and. And it's because of all of it and because of the fact you can't really avoid media because it's not just social media because the standard media has been sort of combined with it. So I'm not on Twitter at all with the Met stuff, but yet it's the newspapers, it's the national people. I know I don't. That's the thing. I don't. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's the thing. I I left for the same reason you left. You backed away from it a bit yourself. It's the fact of it's craziness. It's just it's not fun anymore. And I backed away from most social media, almost like Gene at this point, because it's not fun. It's like it's it's stressful. And well, so, can I, yeah. can again. I, can I give you a good sure. social media story? Uh-huh. Please do. So do you remember, now we've been doing this yes. for years, that we kind of had this connection with these U.K. Mets guys, and we did Desert oh, Island yeah. Mets? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, of course. Well, I've kept in contact with those guys on Facebook and, and Twitter. Okay. And we we kind of kicked that around. Uh-huh. And uh, one of the guys, he's ta- uh-huh. talking about his trip to North America, coming to Vancouver, San Francisco, uh-huh. L.A. Uh-huh. Well, it turns out I'm going to be in Monterey 
the day they're driving back up to San Francisco, and he's going to all the California stadiums on this trip with his poor wife. And uh, <laughs> he and his wife are going to stop in and have dinner with us in Monterey. You believe that? My buddy wow. from Scotland, from UK Mets, wow. August 16th, baby. Whoever's in Monterey, if you're listening, come out and join us for dinner and some baseball <laughs> talk. I love it. I love it. Well, Dave, I have something similar to announce. I do. Hey, I Gene, you want to hear my Let's announcement? Hear too? You, want, you guys want to hear my announcement? I want to okay. hear the announcement. Okay, I so another, another figure from early Cult of Mets personality days is going to come visit me. I'm going to meet somebody in New Jersey, okay? Okay, now don't, don't freak out, guys. No, 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 no. Don't freak out. I know it's a big Carl name. Bear it's a big name. Yes, Carl. <laughs> you got my joke. It's Carlos Bertrand, right? Exactly. And there, there will be, there will be. I, I, I don't know if he'll do it. I'm going to ask him for a hug. I'm going to try to get it to make me heal me, heal my baseball heart. Carlos Bertrand, Taryn Cooper, where are you? Oh God. So you're not really, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. What a letdown. <laughs> so I went to, um, you know, Lynn Cohen, Gary, Gary Cohen's wife, does this charity uh-huh. event every year, this GTR mm-hmm. event, and my wife and I went and worked it with her, and there was a bunch of, you know, Mets Twitter people there and folks you may or may not know, but they're all very active on social media. It was great. Got to meet Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling and mm-hmm. Gary Cohen, and just an mm-hmm. incredible event, so... If you guys want to go next year, I'll kind of get you all the details. But it's really why couldn't we go awesome. this year? Why why do we have to wait till next year? <laughs> well, you missed it. <laughs> you, you gave us you gave us a wood box one year. Now we don't even get a fucking wood box. And I I still have that wood box. I love that. I, I, I keep my watches and cufflinks in there, man. I love that box too. I know, I know. I mean, you know, we used to get gifts from you, we used to hear from you, but now you got new friends and you and you <laughs> do stuff in California. And that's okay. That's okay. We'll get you. We'll get you. I keep, I keep all my pictures of of Rob Z in the box. <laughs> hey Rob. <laughs> How you doing? Oh god. I have a good old day. Joe Smith good from Colgate Community College says hello. <laughs> <laughs> uh I guess, I guess I guess we can close up shop and we'll complain after the deadline. Um, before before we we uh, close up, can you guys get, get each one of you give give me like your just off the top of your head your top five um, Oswald pitchers like the guy or the um, Jason Vargas like that that guy. Um, it could be a pitcher or it could be a hitter. Uh, Mike Jorgensen like the guy that the Mets always have pitcher. Give me pitcher and hitter. Like give, give me give me the one one or two of them that really stand out to you. All right, so you're looking for the emblematic, the emblematic mm-hmm. mess. I will give yeah. you two. Okay. Get ready for these. Because okay. they have those flashes of goodness where you think that, <laughs> uh-huh. okay, not bad, but it's mm-hmm. a very, very, very typical mess. Right, okay. All right, hitter, Joel mm-hmm. Youngblood. Okay. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> he led the team with 16 home runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you trained it twice in one day. Yeah. Rather exactly. two, two teams in one day. Hits right. in two mm-hmm. countries. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And and uh, and I'll give you one more, a hitter, mm-hmm. Willie Montanez, part of my least favorite trade in Mets history. <laughs> when he got rid of both 
John Milner and John Matlack in that huge oh. mega trade in I think seventy seven, seventy eight, which was like a black cloud hung over me for months and months. You know, why are they doing these to my favorite players? Let's see, in a pitcher <laughs> Yeah, he said him, but I, you know, to me it's always Sean Markham. <laughs> I mean, that is always the guy that's like you know, no other team would have gotten Sean Markham with that shoulder other than that. So those are my I'll give you three <laughs> instead of three. <laughs> yeah. Gene, what do you got? I'm gonna give you two pitchers two pitchers and a hitter. Okay. Okay. And it, and a mm-hmm. little bit a little bit older, just way here we can have some fun. Okay. John okay. Pacella. Remember John oh, yeah. Pacella? <laughs> okay. Yeah, he what, every time John Pacella yeah, pitches hat with fell off. No, he's Italian. <laughs> Yeah, and his hat would come off. <laughs> and from the left side, Pete Falcone. You swore <laughs> Pete Falcone was going to make it. Like, Pete Falcone, yeah. Matt, I know this guy's going to be good. Every team's going to want him. And my favorite example of a hitter that you're like, this guy is going to hit 50 home runs. I know it. Claude L. Washington. Uh, <sighs> he's so strong. When he hit him, he <laughs> Uh, and he looked – he had the same physique as Daryl Strawberry. He had that real tight, yeah. strong body, but, man, he was just no no plate discipline whatsoever. No, Claudio. Yeah. Uh, well, wasn't that the same offseason as – Well, just, just to – wasn't Claudel Washington the same offseason as Dave Winfield? Like they were trying to get the cheaper Dave Winfield. <laughs> it didn't work. No, right, Dave Winfield like, was a little bit later. I thought it was 1980. Yeah, I think it was a year like later. Like the off season of 79-80, no? Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Ellis Valentine. Ellis Valentine was the same year as Winfield, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think that, that was best, best right field arm I've ever seen. Oh, oh no, yeah, Vlad Guerrero, but, but Ellis was <laughs> – Ellis was. Um, I, I saw him throw the ball so hard to third base, I thought it was going to go through the guy's glove. <laughs> oh, my God. I – um. I, I got a couple. I, uh, I I'm looking at uh, Ed Lynch. Ed Lynch to me is one of those. He he was the uh, gonna be the number two I think behind Gooden and all that group. And um, I remember seeing Ed Lynch and thinking like there was like a, there's been a million Ed Lynches ever since. You know, or like a <laughs> guy like uh, Terry Leach. Remember Terry Leach all of a sudden? Yeah. <laughs> was a thing for a while. Ten and Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Or. Um, Believe it or not, Nelson Figueroa is another one, no, like just always there. He yeah. never quite knew. Yeah. Or Joe McEwing. Joe McEwing is another guy like that where you just – everyone loves him except you. <laughs> you just wonder <laughs> wonder why. Um, and you know what's really funny? But they gave Ed Lynch a share. What would you say? Didn't they give Ed Lynch a share of the World Series money because they thought he was part of the, the building process? <laughs> <laughs> no, they did. Uh, they, they voted to give him shares okay. of the World Series money when he's gone. Yeah. You know what? I, I'll give you guys one thing. Um, can you name? Can you name this one guy that was just like that to me, at least, um, that I remember that when he left the Mets, became somebody special. And I think there's been a few of them. Mike few, Scott. Like. <laughs> there we go. Gone <laughs> actually. Yeah. Yeah. God. Anyway, um, guys, want to bring up anything else before we get going? Wait, who's your hitter? Yeah, who's your hitter, oh. dude? Oh, shit. Um, yeah, well, you know what? John Orsalak. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> 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 
John or yeah, how many how many of him have we had? How many do we have right, right now, actually? <laughs> Jason Tyner. Yeah, Jason Tyner. Oh, Jason Tyner. <laughs> Uh, well, so every every team's got like four or five. That's why it's almost hard to name them. Sometimes, like the late seventies, it was nothing but those guys. It was like those guys and Lee Mazzilli. Yeah, that's it. You know, like, <laughs> uh, Elliot Maddox. Who was my favorite or, player? Um, that was Ron Hodges. Player. Really? Yep. Danny Heap. Yeah. Give, give us Danny. <laughs> I like Danny Heap. I was always like, like you know, Danny Heap's up great. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, you know, all right. I got a random one for for you before we hang up. Who who is the uh, the '86 Met you couldn't stand? The the one guy that you felt didn't fit. The guy that you sort of didn't want to see up. Was there like anybody on that team where you were like, oh god? Well, good. Doug Sisk drove me nuts. <laughs> uh, um, but I I was actually embarrassed of Lenny Dykstra when he came up. Really? I, I was like I was Love really him. embarrassed that he was a Met because he looked. Just deformed. Uh, <laughs> I love. He would twitch. Oh, I was, I I was like everybody else looks so, like they're ready to go, and he looks like somebody's little brother that showed up, and it was either him <laughs> or the dog, and he wound up getting big hits. But he used to. I was a little embarrassed when he showed up. You know, for me, I, I was a huge, huge Wally Backman fan. I, I loved him. I mm. loved Backman. Mm. I loved Gardenhire. Mm. And I was just, I just didn't like Tim Tuffle. You know, I felt Tuffle like, Shuffle, you know, dude. Tuffle Shuffle. Yeah, but I, I, was, I always wanted Wally in there, you know, every mm. single time. And when Tuffle played, I, I, I used to get pissed. And, <laughs> uh, and Backman had a much better season. But, you know, uh, Dave Johnson was all about the, the uh, lefty-righty and, you know, platooning and everything. But, you know, Tuffle, I guess, I didn't, like, hate him. But I was like, mm-hmm. eh, I don't want this guy in there. I want to see Wally. Mm. Nick, it was Mookie two. for you, right? I had two of them, actually. Mo- yeah, Mookie. Mookie, because Mookie. The not, only guy in New York who doesn't like Mookie Wilson. <laughs> I know, I know. You know what it is? I, to me, in my brain, when I'm watching Met games, Mookie, Mookie strikes out 100% of the time. He, he just. I, I, dude, I was at game six, and I remember. Mookie coming up, and I remember how upset I was, just thinking, like, oh, come on. Like, out of all the guys, like, he's not going to make contact. Like, he's going to strike out. And as it, as it turned out, it, it took the Red Sox to, to screw that one up because he, he did almost strike out. It's just, you know, it just occurred how it occurred. But basically, the but, Mookie to me, I mean, if you really think of it, you know, he had a couple of really good stolen base years early on. If it wasn't for that ground ball – you know, and the fact he had a Mookie, he had a great nickname. He, I didn't see it, man. Like he, to me, got a lot of hype because those early teams were so terrible. And I don't know, I, I never felt it. And Jesse Orozco is the other one. And I feel the same way. You didn't like him? Go, no, no, I didn't. I just he was too hittable. And to me, like you know, the fact I, I liked, I loved Randy Myers when he was around. I liked. Um, um, Man, I, I, I dug, uh, what's his face, um, Hotfoot guy. I don't know why he, um, the name's escaping me now for, for McDowell, whatever reason. Roger McDowell. Uh, McDowell, yeah, I love yeah, McDowell. McDowell. You know, but for some reason, Jesse Orozco is the same exact feeling I had when John Franco came in. Kind of these, like, so, semi, semi-soft-tossing pitchers that kind of try to fool the hitter. And, you know, there's no, you know, it wasn't quite Armando Benitez, but it was close. You know, that kind of a feeling. Um, 
I feel like that for Franco, but I didn't feel like that for Roscoe. I mean, we, my family has a saying, it's called, you know, when you do something like you lose your own keys and then you find Uh them. We're like, good mm-hmm. job, John Franco, because that's what he would do. He'd go <laughs> the bases and get the save. It's like, you started the fire and you put it out, and now you want to be citizen mm-hmm. of the year? Like, you did this to yourself. And so, but I didn't feel like that with a Roscoe. Maybe I was just seeing it through different lenses. Maybe. I was also young. Maybe I didn't see it right. And Dave, what do you think? Like, I think you're on drugs. Those are great <laughs> questions. I should be. I really should be. I'm going to take a look like Mookie. 72 times. Uh, I know. He took it 72 uh, times. Was <laughs> well, that personal? Well, he was I like Mookie personally. I'll tell you why I didn't like. The only reason why I had a negative feeling toward Mookie was the same way that Dave was toward Tuffle. I was such a huge Mazzilli fan. And when mm-hmm. Mookie came around, they wanted to push Mazzilli around the first base and other spots. I'm like, Mazzilli's the best player the Mets have ever had. You know, that's how I was a kid, you know. But, yeah. but I didn't in, – in 86, I, I thought he did a, a – I thought that was the best year of platoons and bench ever. Right. You know, mm-hmm. even before that with Staub, you know, with Heath yeah. and Staub. And they just got mm-hmm. – they were a clutch-hitting team. Um and this franchise hasn't had a lot of hitting. I mean, it's, it's, it's for yeah. me though that was a, like that was managed well, even if they were your favorite players. But I didn't oh, yeah. feel like that toward uh, Orozco. Mm-hmm. Orozco, by oh. the way, eighty six. He was mm-hmm. eight wins, six losses, two point three three ERA, twenty one mm-hmm. saves. Dude, that's yeah, which is forty. And then, yeah, the numbers yeah. back back you up. I mean, I'm not saying. I mean, he's. These guys have the accomplishments. I'm not saying it's necessarily rational. I'm just saying that, that – I mean, look, the all-time saves leader for lefties is Don Franco. I think we all had the same feeling when Franco came in. Like, <laughs> like here we go. But, yeah, yeah. the numbers yeah, back it up. So just, yeah, it's just the, the feeling you get. I like them better with the Reds. You, yeah, me too. I like Randy Myers better. I, honestly, I just oh, – yeah. that pissed me off, that trade. That trade pissed me off. Is when we were dumping everybody. This kind of like anybody good on the team. It's almost like they strategically went, and, and all the the fun players to watch just got eliminated one by yeah, one. Yeah, Dykstra and McDowell. Those oh, trades were yeah. horrible. Those are oh, that God. was just like a big fu to New York. Seriously, it was just tone deaf, tone deaf. I mean, yeah, but you know, it's, that's sort of when we started becoming this version of the Mets, right? Like all the players we liked were removed, and um, only only. I mean, Steve Phillips and Omar kind of both seem to have gotten to Fred Wilpon a little bit. And outside of that, it's been um, a lot of Joe Orselax. It's been just a, a stream, a stream of, of thousand-pound weightlifters on, on crappy heels and Joe, Joe Orselax and, and Jason Vargas's. So, yeah, good. Good stuff, guys. But there's also Love mixed it. in a bunch of old roots and um... – you know, Venturas that have come in here. Like the best, oh, yeah. best season in some of our <laughs> offensive mm-hmm. history was Bernard Gilkey and, and Lance Johnson, you know, that yeah. came out of nowhere and just had mm-hmm. unreal seasons. And nobody even remembers that they were mess. I mean, Bobby Valentine basically kicked mm-hmm. Gilkey right off the team. But um, <laughs> you get those types of players. Derek Bell. And there's year. still hope, Nick. Yeah, huh? dude, I completely agree with you. Once every 18 years – <laughs> or, or every 10 years, I guess. You know, I totally agree. There'll be a dark bell living on a boat, you know, hitting some for us. Or, I agree. You know, this Joe, Joe Orsalak <laughs> has his day. He has his day. 
and I am waiting for it. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> We're going to be winners, right? Right, guys? Feeling good? <laughs> That's <laughs> what Horowitz said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Jay Horowitz. I love him. <laughs> he, was, he was so right. He didn't even know it. But he was surprised. Like, this team has a plan. You just don't understand it. I'm like, what? What uh, don't we understand? Help us understand. That's going to come together. You'll see. Okay, we Santa Claus. Right. We'll see. Yeah. We were both right. That's the craziest thing. He was right about the immediate future. We were right about the long term thing. He's like, there's players, <laughs> and there was, and we we're like, but they're going to screw it up. And there we go. <laughs> oh God, it's nice to be right. Isn't it? Everybody was right. I love when everybody's David? right. You know, David. Mm-hmm. Hello, David. David Wright. Oh, David Wright. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, insurance is covering it. Isn't that great? You know, Would you yeah, rather actually, be loved let me. Or feared? Would you rather feared. be loved or feared? Feared, always. <laughs> I, want, I want people to fear how much they love me. <laughs> I fear how much I love you, Dave. <laughs> I fear it every day. <laughs> I get up in the morning. That's the first thing I think about. I have a little alarm, and it goes off, and this little voice comes out of my phone and goes, Fear Dave. Fear how much you care about Dave. Where's Dave today? <laughs> Dave's not here. I, I look longingly at your Facebook picture, and then I sort of just <laughs> wilt back into bed. <laughs> uh, don't tell me you're masturbating uh, to my picture again. Oh, uh, God. Well, no. oh, oh, yeah, no, it fell right off, dude. It's like a- after a month of it, it just there wasn't anything left. It was just a just a little little carcass. It was like a little little rat carcass. <laughs> uh, you're right. I probably do need drugs or, or an intervention. I think I think a little more mats, a little more. Like, talk to me around the trading deadline, and you know maybe I'll check myself in someplace for three days, and you guys can come visit me. <laughs> Just, uh, just remember this, buddy. Uh-huh. Yeah. The the Casimir thing wasn't as bad as everybody thought. It wasn't good, but it wasn't as Tom Seavers as everybody thought. So, well, we could have gotten. You know, you know, it was just sort of like that was a pass. Yeah. Victor Zambrano, yeah. dude. Victor Zambrano got that. You know, One got a good spin rate. Got a good spin rate. One hitter. <laughs> His spin rate's amazing. Gene, how's your spin rate? Is your spin rate good? Yeah, it's a little off. Yeah. You know, it, it more yeah, it spins down versus out, and that's not good. <laughs> so. Oh my go? god. Yeah. Uh, I know. Hey, my my yeah. phone's blowing up. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who got traded? Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but it's it's in, it's in a constant vibrate mode. So. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> it's it's Jeff Wilpon. He's listening. He's our only listener right now, and he's he's. A it plan. might be our fan. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be so excited. And, and Nick, I, we're back. Yeah, yeah, and Nick, I gotta go. I got nothing to do. So, Lordy, <laughs> 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 oh, all right, gentlemen. Listen, it's been a lot of fun. I missed you guys. And um, if we're not gonna win, at the very, very least, um, we've got each other, and that's really what matters, right? <laughs> I think. Let's do it again. Right on. Hello. Hello. Wait, what is that? Hello. <laughs> Voices from the past, Steve Keen. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Well, again, um, we'll talk very soon, hopefully, and maybe it'll be good news. You never know. Right? Come on. Come on. Good night, everybody. All right, see you, boys. See you later, guys.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.